You're listening to episode 311 of the Major Issues Podcast, and not only is it our very last episode of the year, but we're using it to tackle the last DCEU entry, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. The Major Issues Podcast starts right now. Hello everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, and that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you each and every week by comicbookclick.com, and as always, I am never alone, sir, if you could please introduce yourself. Hello, I am your aquatic neurotic, Gregory Thomas, aka GT Rebirth. GT Rebirth is here, Um, we're actually, there's a a pretty important day we're actually recording on christmas you yes. know there's ma- there's magic in the air simultaneously we are uh, we are observing christmas but we're also going to a bit of a funeral here today uh, mm-hmm. as we discuss the final film in the dceu aquaman 2 electric boogaloo aquaman 2 uh the lost <laughs> king um i'm going to be referring to you a bit gt because I haven't seen the first one in a very long time. When was the last time you seen the first one? Uh, the day before. The day before. Yeah. Okay. So your memory. Yeah, what, pretty... I, what I what I try to do with sequels. Uh, yeah, I I tend to watch the the previous movie either the day of or the night before, depending on what my work schedule and is looking like. You're a fan of the first one? Yes, I thought it was good. Uh, you know, I it's it's one of those things where. We were we were in such a time that it's like if it isn't great, it's trash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but like I thought it was good. Like it's there's something, there was something going on at that time, and even a little bit now where it's it it feels like it's sacrilege for a film to just be harmless. Right. This is kind of what we were talking about with the um the Marvels of it all, right? Like it yeah, was a little absolute- bit, yeah. It wasn't absolutely groundbreaking, but it, there was still a lot of fun uh, to be had then. So the first one comes out in 2018. So we're like prime, like Black Panther, um, yeah. the start, Infinity War, Endgame. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of brown royalty going on. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we'll, we'll get into that. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think the I like the first film. I think if it suffers from anything, it almost is too much movie. Like there's okay. a lot of there's a lot of I feel like they took as much of the Jeff John stuff as they could on that first go, you know? Yes. On the there's first a go lot of, there's a lot of that first two volumes of Ocean Master in that yeah. first movie. Yeah. And we basically you know, we get that whole big war at the end. It, it I, I dug it up. Also all. not a bad animated not a terrible animated movie. No. no. Throne of Atlantis. Um, you're talking about Throne of Atlantis, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, one of Aquaman's few crossover events. Like every so often, like, uh, we'll give you one, Arthur. <laughs> we'll put some water on land. It, it we'll is. You, it, it is the we'll only Aquaman-centric movie in that sphere, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I think of crossovers in general, right? Because that's that was based off of a, a Justice League. I want to say volume a throne of atlantis was um and then was recently in rebirth they they did a uh, drowned you know he got that a drowned remember, story yes. yeah. yeah so it's like every yes. so often they'll just 
uh, throw water onto land and stuff. Um, <laughs> what, how how do you feel about it upon rewatch? Did you end up liking it more or less, or just about the same? I liked it about the same. Um, yeah, I I appreciate, and and I remember him talking about it. What what's the gentleman's name? Patrick Wilson. Okay, I I appreciate the sort of uh, commitment he puts into just playing Orm. Um, yes. he talks about the role where it's like, you know, what sometimes when you're reading it, and sometimes on paper, uh, it all looks very silly, and I'm like, I'm in a, I'm in a costume, and I'm like, like the ocean prince or whatnot. But you yeah. just gotta play it like it's Shakespeare, and play it as straight and as real as the character believes it is. Yeah, yeah, and, he brings a lot of depth to Orm. Yeah, so like, as long as you just put yourself into the other person's head who believes like this is their world and they all, and this is very real to them. I, I admire that, that sort of commitment to something that just seems silly on the surface. Yeah. Um, also like, this is probably just a really on, on the surface. It's just a really tough movie to make. Like how do you simulate being a water people? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that being technology, just the hair stuff. Yeah. Was like a, a big, uh, point of contention with how they were going to to animate that remember when the early i don't even, i don't i don't wouldn't even know what to consider this because he was the first one to touch atlantis remember when Zack snyder did, was doing the talk bubbles yes um although there, there was a bit of contention about that i think james wan specifically asked that they never go that they don't go to atlantis in justice league so like they're in an area <laughs> they're in an area of the sea but like right. it is not specifically defined as they have entered Atlantis yet, right? Because yeah. James Wan wanted Atlantis to happen in his movie. Interesting, which I totally get, right? Yeah, um, yeah, and they so never like go back that. to those bubbles. No, they don't because they had completely different ideas about how people under the water would communicate. Yeah, um, yeah, which is interesting because you you still see the bubble come back, but they just use it differently, right? Um, yeah. Because it's just a way to like take people out of the water and change the effect of water on on characters. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of times where they're doing stuff even in this film, in the sequel, where I'm like, oh yeah, they're underwater. <laughs> you know, like it's just <laughs> get lost to the physics of the world, uh, you know, a bit. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, this yeah. is taking place underwater. Um, I I do like how Atlantis looks. I like the the like sort of luminescent reflections of light and stuff um, the bioluminescence like the is so cool yeah it is and i like the atlantis highway that they have mm, <laughs> apparently <yeah. laughs> we like the doorway is the aquaman a and you have to like go through the highway and, yeah like, pay your toll or whatever they um, did like a thing in the second movie which i thought you, you'd appreciate as someone who just finished the game where they do the um uh what do you call it like the uh the pipeline yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, the um, yeah, uh, the jet stream, which is, so to speak. Yeah, they do that in also in. Gosh, Finding Nemo. <laughs> do they? Okay, I, I have actually the, never seen that. The the turtles <laughs> know know like a cha- channels. They know channels to go in and they, like you know slipstream kind of stuff. Right. Um, which I yeah I really really dug in this. Um, what do you think of Nicole Kidman in that first one? Um. I think she gives exactly the role that she 
pretty much explains. Huh? <laughs> oh, oh. I think but, you say once. <laughs> I mean, to a degree, yes, once. Like, I, I, I think she gives about as much effort as she explains on one of those um, THR roundtables where she's just like, you know, partly did it for the money and partly did it for, you know, a movie my kids would actually be interested in watching. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. They're not all turning on the hours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, so I, you know, the thing about and luckily for film, us, sorry, sorry, but luckily for no, her, she good. doesn't have much to do. Right, right. Um, the thing about this film is, uh, about the first film, is uh, it like unprecedentedly hit a billion dollars. <laughs> yes, uh, one point one five two billion dollars. I think it is the. I know it's definitely the highest grossing DCEU film. Um, and I think it might be the highest grossing film based on a DC Comics character. Which no uh, one would have believed you 10 years ago. No. And which movie, which DC movie is going to make the most money? Aquaman. What the, are, we, we gotta, are we in a script from, um, what, what's that show? The Entourage? Entourage? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, it, it, it's gotta be, I mean, a lot of this film is on the back of Jason Momoa, right? Mm-hmm. He was cast as Aquaman in Batman versus Superman, and thus the Aquaman for this universe. We've seen him now in Justice League. We've seen a little bit of him in The Flash. Um, and he was the, I, I mean, I, I don't even want to say this as like a pejorative, but he was the edgy Aquaman, right? Like he was the yes, gritty. Is I, that better than edgy? I would call it like. I, I wouldn't call That's it no gritty. Point. I wouldn't call it gritty. I I would just call it more just like uh uh grounded and and relatable to a certain amount of people yeah. anyway. I mean, he's like smashing liquor bottles into the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> you know, standing in its waves. Yeah, it's it, you know, there's definitely a badass nature when it comes to this character. Um, did you see how did that? The... How did that sit with you with with with? The, this characterization of Aquaman versus any one you have in your head, if you have one in your head. So I, I actually loved it, and I thought it was a, a a great take on it because for me, it's like I find the typical Aquaman that you see in, in the in the book to be sort of like um, in the comic books to be sort of like, like standard fare in the sense of oh. How do we imagine royalty? We imagine this sort of Anglo-Saxon, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, you know, aristocratic character. And that's the Aquaman you get in the comic books and subsequently, you know, video games and stuff after that. Right. And and granted, there's a period, and then there's a period of like, you know, heavy metal Aquaman with the hook hand and the beard and the long Which is probably the closest to this, right? Yes. To some degree, yes. Um, Yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure some of that helped with the decision of just like he looks kind of like this one, um, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, but I also really dug that when when we get into the cinematic movies of it all, there is usually some level of quote in real life IRL relation of character right. to the idea. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that the king of the seas was a Polynesian islander. Yeah, 
I, I just really dug that, like, it felt natural. It didn't feel yeah. like we stuck a British aristocrat in the ocean <laughs> yeah, for no yeah. reason. <laughs> yeah, kind of like the, the, the Namor of it all, the Mayans. Yes, yes. Ex- you know. and, and I almost felt like the framing of Orm as exactly that is, is them sort of pushing against that depiction of him. And, and, and of of the expectation of who would be king, the golden boy. Yeah, um, I, I also I, I appreciated if, that take. I wondered if if they would have went straight up uh, blonde Aquaman, the Thor and Loki stuff would have been way too obvious, right? It would have, yeah. <laughs> no, I, no, I like literally just clicked to me because for the most part in the comics, Orm has his helmet on. That's how the man rock. You know, you don't yeah. remember you get to see it. But if he took his helmet off, he'd look like Loki. Like he would resemble, <laughs> you know. That's right. Uh, he is and, sort of a dark haired character in the comic books, isn't he? Yeah, because Arthur is blonde haired. So if they would have done it the same way here and coming so close to everything else, I don't think that would have worked uh, too yeah. well. There is a lot but of Thor I, and Loki in it. But I like those two castings. I like Yaya Abdul Mateen as Manta. Did you hear um, Momoa talking about the casting? No. So they it was on like that that terrible, not terrible, but like that obviously um, half efforted uh, art marketing plan where they just like here's here's these guys in a room talking about the movie. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah, just the chairs. <laughs> it's the most. It's the most dry one advertising campaign to a billion dollar movie sequel I've ever seen. Right. Um, and Momoa's talking about coming in. Momoa is coming into this first off, I think he I think he says he he auditioned for Batman just to do it, knowing like there's no way he was winning that role. <laughs> okay. Um That's interesting. Or like if I if I'm remembering that point correctly, but he went in for a Batman related thing and then Ben Affleck got the deal. He's like, sure, that makes sense. And then they called him about coming in for something, and he's just like, "Okay, yeah, I get it." I, they saw me, and they were just like, "Yeah, this guy could beat up Batman." He's like, <laughs> "Like, who's who's the who's the kind of guy we're gonna get to beat up Batman and Superman?" Okay, they're bringing me in to play like Lobo, big guy. I can beat those yeah. up. Yeah, I totally get it. That's fine. I can die well. <laughs> um, and then they offer him the Aquaman thing, and he doesn't understand it because that. His his vision of Aquaman is exactly one we understand. Blonde haired, blue eyed, blah blah blah, and yeah. that's when they sold him on the Polynesian Islander, man of the sea and of the land simultaneously sort of thing. And he's just like, oh wow, that's actually really cool. Like that that he was once they played it to him with that cultural connection in mind, he was in. And I thought that was that was another part of it that I thought was really cool. Like he, I think he felt a, a genuine connection to it once they related it to him okay and i think that's i think that was a i think that was a relation that nobody had actually seen until they thought about it yeah they there's a lot of jason i feel like wrapped up into this depiction yeah. of aquaman aqua bro um, aqua bro in a lot of ways <laughs> um we spoke a little bit off air about this sequel um we've been joking that it had a real um thor the lost world feel to it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, love I, you put them, I love how you combined it, both titles. Yeah. The, the lost, the lost, uh, should have been Dory, the lost. Yeah. It's, no, not the lost world. It's, it's the, the dark, it's the dark world. Or the dark kingdom. 
<laughs> Aqua <laughs> Thor, the Dark Kingdom. Sounds like one of those honest trailer uh, titles. Yeah. It does. Uh, um. So this is a this is a sequel. This is a DC sequel. <laughs> Before we get into it, let's get let's get the homework out of the way. One of the uh, one of actually. Go ahead. One of only two direct sequels, right? Uh, uh, the other one being Wonder Woman, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and Wonder Woman like, made a billion, didn't it? It just didn't make as much as this. I feel uh, like, if I'm I can remember correctly. Sure. Or maybe 800. Um, I think it, was, I think it might have been in the 800 range. We're looking at Like it. really freaking high. Yeah, 823. 823. Mm. So, yeah, those were easily the two highest performing films so they got their sequels but i feel like this one hurts i mean did you feel the stretch of time as badly as you did with like doctor strange um no but i i hearken that to the fact that when aquaman succeeded as well as they did they made it a point to tell you two was coming yeah the the advertising campaign at the peak of the success of the first Aquaman was almost instantaneous. Like I think it happened about a uh, in April Fools thing where it was like they um they they gave out a joke advertisement for Shazam and it turned out to be Aquaman or something like that. Oh wow. There there was something that they did to make it, you know, kind of stand out. But they were like, yeah, Aquaman too. Um or or it might have been in reverse, but like they they were pushing for you to believe that Aquaman 2 was coming because it was so well received at least financially yeah it says even momoa pitched a story for the sequel during production of the first one okay um he agreed in january of 2019 to oversee development Mm. uh, of this film but like we just said if i'm not mistaken the (laughs) other film came out in december of the previous year Yes. So basically, a month a month after the film comes out, he's like, "Yeah, I will oversee it. I will oversee the yeah. sequel." Um, Which means a month after the film comes out, and it was already widely successful financially, they're just like, "Okay, number two. Yeah. <laughs> but it also doesn't come out for five years. Yeah. Even though, even though, but like, it got hit with every right, like every terrible thing. That could possibly happen happen to this film, including yeah. you know actors being put in court cases, um, the pandemic for filming and stuff like that. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of. At one point, I think even Jason Momoa was accused of like doing some stuff to the Amber Heard on set or whatever. I don't um, like instigating the Johnny Depp of it all or maybe they threw that ended up throwing that out i think i think i heard someone say that she he showed up on set dressed like johnny depp to oh yes i remember that i remember and then somebody else said well if it's just a bunch of rings and scarves that that's basically jason too so you know like (laughs) (laughs) i was like yeah that like no they just kind of dress similar (laughs) yes yes and I always assume that with all those rings that they haven't washed their hands, which is not, you know? Yeah. I don't know. There's something there's something piratey about about all that. Um, but yeah, they are they started off, you know, they hit a billion dollars. They decided we're gonna make this thing a sequel. Um, and then like I said, they got hit with all this other stuff. 
Um, but let's get into this film. Um, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, a 2023 American superhero film based on the DC character Aquaman, produced by DC Studios, Atomic Monster, and the Saffron Company, and is distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures. It is the sequel to Aquaman 2018 and is the 15th film and final installment in the DCEU. The film was directed by James Wan from a screenplay by uh, David Leslie McGoldrick and stars Jason Momoa as Arthur Curry. Aquaman, alongside Patrick Wilson, Amber Heard, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, Randall Park, Dolph Lundgren, Tamara Morrison, Martin Short, and Nicole Kidman. Uh, were you aware who Martin Short is playing in this? Um, I I I was aware when his thing came up in the credits after the fact. Oh, okay, yeah. So it is it's the Brian King. Right? I was not aware he was in the film at all until like he, he, his name came up. I was like, oh wow. Um, yeah, because I think, I feel like, uh, what's-his-face voiced him in the first one? Willem Dafoe. Oh, really? Uh, wait, wait, was Kingfish in the first one? Oh, not Kingfish. I mean, um, who voiced the Brian King? Oh. Because I'm almost oh, certain the Brian King was voiced in the first one by Willem Dafoe, who's not in this film, um, sadly. Must, I see. must have been working in a lighthouse or something. Um, uh, no, no, it says it says John Reese Davies returns from the first film to voice the Brian King. Really? Yes. That's hilarious. Um, so Brian King was in, hilarious. At least I thought so. Yeah, yeah he, he kind of hit by his hand. Um, <laughs> in the film, Arthur must work with his half brother Orm to prevent Black Manta from killing his family and using the cursed Black Trident to overheat the world while searching for the lost seventh kingdom of the sea. Mm. Um, GT, what did you think of this sequel? Before we get into spoilers. I thought it was solid. I think yeah. if it, I think if you remove everything uh, around it, surrounding it, it was uh, it's a solid sequel. I, I don't know that it's as good as the first one to me, but I think it's just, I think it's a solid comic book movie. Um, I think we've got a lot of solid comic book movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, if you think if you took all the DC stuff and you split it in half, where do you think this falls? On what, what, on the higher end or the lower end? Or like, uh, you know it, what? I think I've got to say chopped in the middle. I, 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 I think I've got to say the higher end because the lower end's got some lows, baby. They are and I don't think there's anywhere lows. near to those. I don't think, like, if we're talking the lows are Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman eighty four, and maybe um, uh, I, I don't want to say the Flash. I think the Flash just has a lot of negative energy around it. I ended up enjoying the Flash more than I thought I would, even yeah. knowing how much negativity came through it. And I don't yeah. judge those who don't necessarily dig it or. Or like how it looks, like like I completely get that and part but of I that think, whole thing. But I think you're I think you're you're talking um Wonder Woman eighty four, uh Suicide Squad and Just Justice League. I don't think it's nearly that low. No. No. So I think those lows are very significant and I don't think it belongs there. How do you think it ranks on the DCEU films that came out this year? Blue Beetle, The Flash, and Shazam. Um, so I can't speak for Shazam. I still have not seen Fury of the Gods. Okay. Um, 
I don't remember what you guys talk because I, I I try not to watch the episode. I try not to listen to the episodes about the movie I haven't seen yet. What did you yeah, think? Yeah, makes sense. Well, I wasn't a fan. <laughs> okay, but it it just felt so. Fury's on the lower end. <laughs> yes, yeah, but not, but not. So it's weird. I'm I'm going through this weird phase, which I guess is over now because the DCEU is over now, mm-hmm. where even though I know that some of the these entries entries are inoffensive i'm mm-hmm. almost miffed at what i perceive to be like a thin layer of effort <laughs> okay you know? and it's weird like there's some weird needle drops in this mm-hmm. right like spirit in the sky that's weird right born to be wild yeah, that's a bit born weird, to, right? It's born to be wild, born to be wild. I almost kind of get. I think the energy matches Momoa. Yeah, but that's uh, the thing. I think the energy matches Momoa, but now Momoa is Arthur. Like, there's a shot in this. Of, this gives nothing to the film, but there's literally. And I went back to see what is it in reference to. There's just a shot of him doing donuts in a motorcycle. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. <laughs> he didn't come from anywhere. There's just shots of of his uh, Tamara Morrison holding the baby. And him just doing donuts in a motorcycle, yeah. I think with sunglasses on. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I this to me felt like, and I don't I have the same malice that I think you did towards it, but this felt a little Ragnaroki to me. Okay. In the I, sense that it felt, it felt like, a, but again, I haven't seen the first one in so long. This one felt more comedic. Yes, yes, it did. Yes, it did. Uh, um. I think I think the lack of malice is because I don't think they made Aquaman to be as much of a doofus as Thor, but I can get I get the relation. Sometimes, sometimes. Well, I guess he was always right because this is this, he literally bangs his head to knock over a statue. He pees. He goes to pee on something in the first one, right? See, I, <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, he, yeah, yeah. He, 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 there was no there was no cliff to fall down, but like. <laughs> He is kind of played as a bit of a dullard. Like he is kind of played as a bit of like, you know, you smash through the wall, but there's a doorknob right here, kind of guy. I, I yeah, I, I well, yes, I, th- I think, I think, um, Arthur is kind of a punch first kind of guy, and yeah, you know, yeah. literally will lead with his head on a yes. physical level more than a mental one. Um, yes. and and there's a lot of like, it works, so he gets away with it. Yeah, you know, because the joke yeah. is that like. The joke is that uh, he smashes into the the statue in the one scene, and like, oh, it doesn't work, and we make fun of him, but it does work, and it's just like, ah, right. see, so who's who's really <laughs> so got like, the last there's laugh. no need for him <laughs> to change because yeah. it keeps working. Yeah, um, he just felt like he was having a better time on this, but they say that he co-wrote the story. Okay, so I I could see that. I guess if he pitched it, he may as well, right? Yeah, that gives you a lot of skin in the game. <laughs> you know, he probably he probably really liked working alongside um Patrick Wilson because they have a bit of a buddy cop, you know, situation going on in this film. Yeah. Um I can I, I can see them great. doing more movies after this. What an extended role for Randall Park, who only had like a like a split second in post credit, right? In the first one? No, he also has like a few news bits in the first one. He's the he's the like the go to person on the news for the Atlanteans or something like that. Like, he's the guy. He believes he's, in the rumors and the, all that stuff. That's 
he's the guy who's basically like, no, this thing exists. We need to we need to push for it. One of them is, and and I have it on good authority that one of them is here. And they're all like, you're ridiculous. Uh, subject Which matter at that point I start like it's a it's it's a thing I I have a uh, an issue about. Um, I joked about it in the flash. I joked about it in the flash, not the movie, but the TV show. Right, right. Where at first I could understand your reactions when you get like seven seasons deep into the flash and people are going, right. oh, I can't believe that. I'm like, what can't you believe at this point? Oh, I mean, what have you seen that you can't, can't believe? I, I, one of the other things I had an issue with in this that kind of leads to that is it's, it's said that they wanted to do a lot more world building in this. Okay. But I feel like they just drop lore out of the sky. Like there's like a whole cantina Right, there's like a whole like scum and villainy cantina that they just drop out of the sky that has. Been oh, my going friend on, next to me immediately called Kingfish Jabba the Hut. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Um, Orm literally says something along the lines of like, "This is where all the scum of the you know the uh, surface and the water meet." Or yeah. Whatever. Um, there's like a whole little place of like desert people who drink the blood of their enemies. Yes. They're like evil group evil group <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, people there. I feel um, like there's two scenes if I'm not mixing it up with the first movie where um, where Patrick Wilson has to monologue out whole bits of whole chunks of lore. Oh my, it's it's mostly him but it's also uh, Nicole Kidman a lot. You know? Okay, and yes. And the thing is that that's this is where I'm in like a weird position with this film, because okay. I don't think any of its crimes are worth persecuting it for. Yeah, but it's like it's like the tenth film in a row to do them. Okay, you know? so I just like I it, it's exactly what you're saying. It's it's all the, but that was just that's just a myth. That's just a, a legend. You know. Yeah. That that you know. Um. Oh, you saw a, a, a Lost Kingdom? I did hear that there was one kingdom that completely disappeared. I never checked in on it. No one ever <laughs> asked around. We it was right from, it was right from the records, George. Yeah, we never told you. And thus, you know, now, now we can all get sprung with this, yeah. with this uh, inconvenience. And, and there's a scene in the first movie that, that has one just like that, where, where Orm has to like, sort of explain the seven kingdoms to Neris, who knows what it is. So <laughs> he has to <laughs> so he has to do it right. So he has to do it in what is clearly an obnoxious way. Yeah. Because to say that he's doing it to hear himself talk or to or to give Neris shit. But like where he has to explain like, don't you know where we are amongst the seven kings of blah 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 that he goes into the whole spiel and it's just and like you just see Daenerys just like I know what the fuck you're talking about what, yeah, why, yeah, are you, why are you saying this to me we don't even really get those kingdoms in in this no you get the you, you get the you get the main ones that they established in the first film in person which is the blind kingdom and uh Zebel Zebel yeah yeah a L- lot um, more screen time for Lundgren. <laughs> That's why I, I wonder if there was like a like a COVID thing. You no, know, like we just need we just need Mira, you know, who can um, show up, write more for them. Yes, yes, <laughs> and then they and they will be basically like do like 
do a lot of the expositing like we were talking about from before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it. I found myself having fun, and then there were certain moments where I was just like, "I don't get who this is for." But yeah. um, the the bombs in the face the the bombs in the face returned. Yes, yes. <laughs> and he said, but he said something like, "I hate when that happens." Yeah, which at least you know put a lampshade over that. Like I, I you know, I dug that. This he, he's recognized like, that this has become a pattern. Yeah, this film has a very weird relationship with Mira. Okay, I feel like where they they want her there, and they want to respect her. Yeah, and you know, but they don't. She's not. I feel like she's not given the same stuff to say or do as Aquaman. Like, I feel like she had a lot of stuff to say or do in the first one. And now we obviously know there was a trial. You know, they were talking about supposedly cutting a bit of her time. But there's, yeah. like, three mirror reveals in this. She Some makes right? a point to say that, like... <laughs> so, like, it, it was it was seemingly widely reported. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm doing this through hearsay because I made a point to avoid that trial like it was the goddamn plague. But... Mm-hmm. um. It was. It seemed like it made the rounds that it was widely reported, so to speak, that Amber Heard at least testified to the point that her role in the film was significantly diminished because of the public, the publicity, the negative publicity of everything surrounding the case. Yeah, it does not feel like it is. So this is as early as not early. I mean, like recent as October tenth. Variety put an article out. Um, where it says, where Mira said that um, uh, that there was two scenes, one where her fighting fighting Manta, which I mean, there is a scene of her fighting Manta, and one with her like having a tender moment with Arthur, which I don't mm. think they did in the film at all. Okay. Um, but this is also now in the same article is where it says, that you know, supposedly Jason Momoa showed up on set late, and he was dressed like Johnny Depp. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, so they, these guys are not having fun. Maybe that's what we're we're seeing come through here. They didn't feel connected. They didn't feel like a team. Um, she would just like show up, and then her music. That one song that Skylar Gray wrote for her in the in the first movie. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, and, <laughs> and she gets to play it on like her little clarinet thing. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, that okay. said, because that said, yeah. I am, I am sort of an unabashed rule of cool mirror fan. So, Same. like, I, I, I'm just sort of like separating myself from the ever heard of it all. I'm just like, like, do your cool ass aquakinesis girl. Yeah, ironically, I think her best aquakinesis moment was in uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Was it when he's like, where she like pulls the blood out from Steppenwolf, like in the water, like she's pulling all that the water sounds gross. Starts pulling his blood out through his nose. It, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. I mean, it's not any more deadly than wine skewers, right? Then she like, <laughs> <laughs> like a bunch right. of wine and stabs the people with it. Um, yeah, because she's 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 yeah she's pulling the water out of the wine bottles and basically they all explode. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, it's actually so, really terrifying the things you could like. Mirror could probably do to the human body, considering how how much of our body is made up of. Right, the aquakinesis is is bonkers, and I had only really gotten to know it from the um, 
the Jeff Johns run of Aquaman, and then they kind of touched upon it here. Um, and then she dies in Flashpoint, so there's that too. But <laughs> let's get into oh, Aquaman. Dude, Diana takes her fucking takes her yeah, head. Takes her head. Takes her head. Oh, uh, Flashpoint. We are going full spoilers ahead with Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Uh, seven years after becoming, sorry, several years after becoming King of Atlantis, Arthur Curry has married Mira, and he has a son, Arthur Jr. He mm. splits his life between the land and sea. Uh, he hangs out with his dad in the lighthouse on land, and then he has very, very serious, um, you know, duties as the King of Atlantis. And by serious, he means boring. He, yeah, he, and he's incredibly bored with the job. And or- Orm is in prison after the events of the last film. So he's kind of uh, learning the job as he goes along. Uh, not everybody's digging it or digging the way he's trying to do things. But another thing is, and this is one of those like lore dropped out of nowhere kind of thing. There's a council. Yeah. Now, I don't know if there always was one or I think he, the way he says it is like there always was one. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Orm was doing some kind of wild shit in the last film, <laughs> so like maybe this is what happens after the, the fact. Yeah, they're there, and they're a bit xenophobic. They do not like surface dwellers at all. Right? Shocking. He's the one that talks the most doesn't. <laughs> all right. Shocking. Um, enlisting the help of marine biologist Stephen Shin, uh, David Kane, aka Black Manta, looks for an ancient for ancient Atlantean artifacts, hoping that he can find something to help fix his suit so he can kill Aquaman. The search has come up empty-handed on multiple occasions, but eventually leads them to the Arctic, where they stumble upon ancient beasts trapped in ice and where Manta finds a mysterious black triant that is split in half. He joins the ants together and is instantly possessed, and a mysterious figure tells him that if he uh, helps him Free, if he helps free him, he'll give him enough power to kill Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Um, Arthur is woken up by Mira, who tells him that there is an emergency meeting in Atlantis. Turns out the oceans are being poisoned at what's to seem, well, what seems to be the effects of global warming, but at like a weirdly alarming rate. There's news mm. uh, casts about it. Um, there's been a plague outbreak, and we hear that this is the second wave of plagues the first one having killed uh, Volko. Okay. Uh, uh, Willem Dafoe's character in the first film. Were you surprised he was kind of just like killed off? Um. Yes, I actually had forgotten that he didn't make the film. So like it just came as a sad thing to me. I um, Despite the fact that I don't always watch stuff he does because Willem Dafoe makes very weird film choices. I actually really like him <laughs> as an actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when I get to see him in something that doesn't make me go, what the fuck am I watching? I'm always happy to do so. So I was sad to see him not be here. Um, and especially because Volko in the comic books is kind of a in the middle character. So there was actually a lot of, uh, there was a lot of potential for like, uh, I guess you could just say like any sort of future uh, future dubious decision making on his part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can do that. I'm also like, oh no, mysterious sickness, kingdom. Like I just saw uh, Black Panther two. I had like, what's going on, but I get it. <laughs> I was like, oh no, what's going on here? 
Um, heart shaped bear, bro. So Arthur wants Atlanta. Oh. <laughs> what happened? Uh, I stepped on my own self because <laughs> in mentioning the heart shaped earth because Arthur wants Atlantis to reveal itself to the ah, surface. Yes. But the High Council disapproves, saying if they were to reveal themselves to the surface, it would be to eradicate them. Mm-hmm. So there's that. I think um, it's I think it's an unfortunate truth that there would always be a lot of like surface uh, similarities between Wakanda and Atlantis. Right. And then you also have the I mean the 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 xenophobic nature I get because we are literally unapologetically destroying the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like that that I get. That's hostile, right? Like they're not doing absolutely anything to us. Yeah. We are literally just unapologetic. I do find it hilarious though that they take it very personally and, and, and like <laughs> I guess because he's the only one who gets to be up there, he's like, dude, they have no idea we exist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're mad at them for being dicks about it, and it's like they don't know that there's anything here. Yeah, it's like you're in a room full of, uh, let's say, Caucasian people, and then you're just randomly throwing around the N word, and then you turn to your uh, black friend, and it's like, oh, sorry, you know, <laughs> like these <laughs> disgusting, filthy surface dwellers. Sorry, Arthur, <laughs> you know, yeah, and, then, right. and she's not even apologizing. <laughs> she yeah. knows, she knows uh, that that's the case. Um, and but, like, yeah. there's like one guy up there who thinks he knows, who believes he knows. Yeah, nobody believes him. So no, <laughs> no, they don't think we exist. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, so yeah, they 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 do not want to be uh, seen by the surface people. Mm-hmm. Arthur has a sweet conversation with his father about trying to do it all, and his dad advises him to just take it a day at a time. Tamar Morrison makes a good father figure. Mm-hmm. I like him. Yeah, I think I think his rough around the edges kind of demeanor is just endearing as a dad because <laughs> uh, he just embodies so many imperfect dads. Not saying this, yeah. you know, anyone needs to be perfect, but you get what I'm saying there. Yeah, he, um, he he's he's really good at playing like uh gruff in a way that is actually endearing, though. Yeah. Like, like Th- he's that's what not I mean by, like rough around the edges. I was like, I'm not yeah. trying to call the man uh, unattractive or you know anything. Like oh that. yeah, no, 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 yeah. <laughs> like I mean, like he, he, he sort of plays. You don't get that mean spirited tough love. It's just, it's more like, like your dad's gonna give you some shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then he'll have to take you to a, go to a bar afterwards. Yeah, you'll have to be about it. Yeah, and and then he's also going to teach you about like ancient Greek kings and stuff like that. So yes. you understand how riddles work. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot that was a thing. <laughs> Got to cover yeah. one eye. Um, <laughs> Meta goes on a deep sea expedition using technology located after he found the Triton. It seems ever since he touched it, he's been imbued with untold knowledge, like the location of the aforementioned vehicles and knowledge of their ancient and incredibly volatile fuel, oracolcum. So now that's like a while to get. That took a while to learn yeah. how to say. Yeah. So now we are. Now we have established a new metal element of sorts of sort. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I said, I said metal, um, a new yeah. element of sort. So like I said, it just it it's. You need this to move the the film forward. It just feels yeah. like the tenth thing to do it. You know, yeah. I was like I, no one knows what this oracle is. Now we know what oracle is. We have these bombs. 
And instead of destroying them, we put them in vaults. They need to stop trusting the Atlanteans to, to do things for safety reasons. <laughs> <laughs> they got the mother box stolen from them. They're hiding basically like kerosene. Yeah. In, in, uh, in these vaults. But they are, you know, they are fish people. So I can't blame them too much. I mean, but, in fairness, the Themyscarians couldn't hold on to it either. Yeah, that's also true. They 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 sunk a whole like <laughs> like Colosseum or whatever that thing was yeah. into the ocean, and it still didn't work. And and, and several people trapped inside of it. <laughs> hey, Linda, you know what the job was when you signed uh, up for it. Oh dear, this expedition is really a heist to steal all the orichalcum that Atlantis has been hiding uh, in deep sea vaults to power their machines. Mm. You know what's strange about this on second watch? This feels like um, it was shot. Like, I remember when I saw it in the film, I'm like, I kind of want him to get away. <laughs> okay. And I guess we don't ever really see the the villain heist stuff, right? We just know that they've hacked something or whatever. Like, watching him go through the, the, the this very shady uh, part of the ocean and, you know, with these weird, almost steampunk octopus <laughs> ships like i was kind of ro- rooting for this whole situation to go well <laughs> yeah even though he's the bad guy and he's planning to kill our protagonist um i'm using it as the second time i've seen that style of ship and one of them was in a star trek movie <laughs> yeah there's i've those things remind me of and this is a very niche reference but they were like they used to be like fish was it fish? Like the fish spaceships in Power Rangers when they were fighting like the underwater. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah, underwater pirate woman. Like the Zords. The Zords. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely got uh, things from that, and I had to watch it twice because I, I thought I had figured it out. Like the whole um, Shin knows that they're using the orichalcum to power the machines, mm-hmm. but what does he think is like? To what end does he think? Because I know his real plan, as we will talk about in a bit, is to just allow all the fumes for the burnt out orichalcum to heat the earth so that they could free Kordax, I think is his name. Yeah. Um, but what does Shin think is going on? <laughs> or is he just... I know at various points he shows that he's in the, the rest and he'd much rather not be there. But I was really curious as to like what he thought this portion of this was. Yeah, I, I think he's mostly confused by a lot of it, or or he's just worried that like it's being um, weaponized in a more obvious manner. Yeah, uh, I I also can see you know him kind of. This is the guy that's going to get him to the place that he believes exists but has no proof. Yeah, this might be his Nobel Prize, right? Like this, like if he can figure out stuff, bring something back or whatever. Maybe maybe that's where his head's at with all this stuff. Because to me, it looks pretty evil. Like, all of it, it looks pretty... <laughs> so, like, when he's eventually like, oh, man, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. I'm like, bro. <laughs> you didn't see him shoot that lady's, that man's wife with his laser vision? <laughs> like, shit is, going, shit is going rough. Um. So, yeah, let's talk about that scene. Because Topo the Octopus sees manta and his crew and sets off the alarm the bad guys manage to escape the vault with what they need but then they are faced with getting out of uh atlantis they do so by destroying the main guns and bulldozing their way through 
Arthur's mom and Mira try to take them down with other Atlantean soldiers, and Arthur's queen manages to crash Manta's ship, um, but he damn near kills her with an optic blast. I knowing the the stuff with the trial, I was like, oh, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> She's gonna be in the hospital for the rest of this movie. Um, he tries to outright kill Mira with the trident, but Arthur arrives, so he crashes an Atlantean train. So that I Arthur actually thought that was it for her. Yeah, I thought she was gone, gone. Um, <laughs> he crashes an Atlantean train so that uh, Arthur has to choose between saving his people or apprehending him. Yeah. Um, he also comes in and says, "Don't mess with, don't mess with my wife," right? And then later, it's, "Don't mess with my baby." <laughs> yeah. He like he likes entering rooms. Uh, <laughs> of course, Arthur chooses to save the people on the train, and he manages to, and almost catches up to Manta, but is incapacitated due to their machines having powerful sonic emitters that take down the Sea God. The Council re- uh, considers stripping Arthur of his powers, um, and considers the Manta attack like Arthur's surface sins coming back to haunt his people. Mm. Uh, they have Mira. She is in critical condition. They're like putting seaweed and stuff on her. I, I like all their weird medical stuff. <laughs> like weird medical tools and stuff like that. Um, meanwhile, Arthur meets with his mother and King Neris of Zebel, who's Mira's dad and who is it's interesting. Uh, was once the Punisher. It's interesting because like the medical stuff they use seems like super high tech in the first movie because they're using like a lot of uh, a lot of like future tech. To Holograms take care of his, to take care of his of uh, Tamara Morrison's character. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in this, is just like we wrapped Orm in seaweed, right? And still, like the ships are still the Tony Stark school of grab things and turn things. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, uh, I always wonder how they like people do that stuff without it there. <laughs> you know, yeah. like steer the ship. Uh, there's no steering. Well, yeah, no, you put your hands in, right? <laughs> Okay, sure, guy. Um, it's hilarious, even though, like, I, 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 you, you understand. We've got to move the plot along. It's hilarious how quickly people seem to learn alien technologies. Yes, yeah. There was so many weird, like, guns in this, right? Like, everyone had their own gun. They had orichalcum guns. The sand people had their own weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Atlanteans have their own uh, guns. Uh, it's quite interesting. I guess that's world building somewhere, right? No, uh, they discuss how dangerous the orichalcum is in both uh, the water and on the surface, and they have worse news. Turns out every single vault that had it has already been raided. Mm-hmm. It looks like Manta has been using the last couple of months trying to grab it all up, and he's trying to heat the planet, but they can't figure out why. Uh, and they do know if they don't stop him, he can cause a global catastrophe. Yeah. Arthur decides that he will break his brother Orm, who has a history with Manta, out of an allied nation's jail in exchange for his help finding him. Is this good or bad royalty in GT? Um it's 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 terrible royalty. <laughs> it's terrible politically. Right. But uh, they it, it is they, what it oh, is. does break Loki out of prison though and to fight Malekif, doesn't he? Or does he? So I think is, that I is think there, is there no prison because they blew up the. <laughs> I think the interesting difference there is is that politically speaking, Thor breaks Loki out of their prison, his own prison. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, or Alchemist is breaking uh, 
arm out of a prison of another nation who's had the sovereign rights because he came to them <laughs> and it aggressively. And we also have to state that, you know, Thor put Loki in prison uh, for the crimes of everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also these are crimes and customs and stuff that he believes in because he's as guardian. Right. Whereas Aquaman is like, well, he's in a what? He's in a weird <laughs> sand prison. All right. Yeah. I'll, go, I'll, get, I'll go get him. Screw these people. Uh, so yeah, he makes it very clear that he will be doing it. He'll be doing it without permission and, uh, he'll be doing it undercover. Uh, boom, boom, Yeah. So you, uh, th that's when we get spirit in the sky, uh, using a stealth suit. Um, he breaks his emancipated, emaciated, emaciated. He breaks his <laughs> emaciated and incredibly dehydrated brother out of prison. Um, he says something like, you're the one who put me in here. And then Aquaman says something like, stop bringing up old shit. That I thought was mm -hmm. funny. That felt very off the cuff. <laughs> stop bringing up old shit. Yeah. Um, they, yeah, he breaks them out of prison, but they're chased by the weird people who run it, the evil group people, mm -hmm. and like the weird uh, horses that they ride. Orm falls onto Big the shore. Big, seahorses. Yes. Orm falls onto the shore, and once he's engulfed with water, he gets his MCU abs back, and uh, he whoops <laughs> their asses. What do you think about that scene? I kind of, I kind of saw it coming. It's like, oh, the the, the water's gonna revive him. That's cute. Whatever. <laughs> I was quite impressed with Mister Wilson's physique. I was like, oh, look at you, look at yeah. that there. Um, I also, um, there might also be a callback to. Aquaman originally because I think he had to go to the water every so often. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, uh, like if he I did, he so, die yeah. <laughs> back in the day. Back in the day when Green Lantern couldn't fight wood or whatever. <laughs> like those <laughs> those times, uh, the Dark Ages. Later, he tells it's Arthur actually, the app. Go ahead. I was gonna say it's actually kind of weird, right? That the um, uh, uh, Arthur's supposed to be this half breed, but like he 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 is still bound by the the physical ailments of full full Atlanteans, full blooded Atlanteans. Yeah. yeah. That's the difference. That's the main difference here with the whole um you know saying all the allusions to Thor and Loki is that like this is Orm's been raised to be king. Kinda, yeah. you know? Um and yeah he did take it a bit too far, but he really does truly want a good Atlantis. He tells Arthur that when he's done helping him, he's going to surrender himself back to the prison because he has honor. Do you believe that? To some degree. Yeah. Um, I think I think Orm, while having a um, a sort of extreme version of his own rules and, and mentalities is is sort of deeply into that, deeply into the aristocratical, uh, his his own aristocratical ideas. Yeah, you don't do it that for that long without getting a bit indoctrinated. And yeah, um, I think I I I will credit this movie. I really think, besides how other people may have interpreted certain moments, I applaud this film for not teasing treachery. On Orm's part, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They get part. they get one moment. And yeah, that's it's what not I'm saying. Even against and Arthur, 
Yeah, and one, and one could argue that it was perception that yeah. moment, right? Like that son of a bitch. I knew it. I knew it. Like it's one of those moments, but he he hadn't been proven to be devious yet. It hadn't yeah. it hadn't fallen all the way through. Um, and I I think given what we know about Thor and Loki, like you're always kind of waiting for that other shoe to drop. The the you're talking about the brother who wants the throne tells you you don't deserve it. Uh, you know, is gonna help you, but just on this mission, you're waiting for that other shoe to drop. And I'm glad that it doesn't because it really does help form the characterization of Orm as somebody who does believe in law and order, who does believe yeah. in, in, you know, right and wrong. And maybe his version or his perception of what was right and wrong got skewed, but he he's a man of law. You know? I also think um uh are we in the forest at this point? We're about to get there. Okay. Um, Cause uh, they're they're going to the they're going to Kingfish first. Okay. Um, they wonder what's ahead. become. Yeah, they wonder what's become of David Kane, um, who we see is now running an elaborate pollution machine. That's just what it is, right? Just like a big <laughs> pollution machine. I was thinking to myself, cause I'm like, he told Shin we need the Oracalcum to fuel the octopuses. Mm-hmm. But now he's just is seemingly just pumping out. He's just burning and pumping out. <laughs> Or a calcum. And that's what Shin's looking around like, I don't know, you know, <laughs> if I should be doing this. Um, Matt to himself, oh, he's doing all this. Oh, he's also doing it out of a hollowed out volcano. It's like the Frank Scorpio. Like he's, There's he's, a very he's, silly line that I, I laughed at where <laughs> I think Matt just goes, thank God for global warming, huh? And Shin's just like, yeah, it's yeah. actually a huge problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Randall Park has good line delivery. He does. It's, it's I, one I, of his best traits. Yeah, I like I like him in this. Um, so also way fumes... to make way to make that double comic book movie Randall Park. Yeah. When was the last time did we see? He was in Quantumania. I don't think so. I think I think we last see him in like Wandavision. I vaguely remember him in. The, I I vaguely remember him and Ant Man at a, a dinner table, and then they do like magic tricks for their cards. <laughs> I might be I might be I might be I might be uh, misplacing that, but yeah. <laughs> um, man of many talents, including close up magic. Yes. So, uh, Matt to himself is seemingly possessed by this trident. His eyes are glowing the same reflection of green that it does. He threatens Shin, insisting that he cooperates with his evil plan. Um, together, they go visit Jabba the Hutt, I mean Kingfish, at mm-hmm. a secret uh, underground <laughs> sector of the sea where people do illegal things called the Sunken Citadel. Again, I'm a big pirates guy, so it's just like Tortuga. Uh, it's, you know, it's every... Mm. It's They got one in Star Wars besides... Do they have the whole planet of illegal stuff in Star uh, Wars? Yeah, there's a few of them. <laughs> There's a few like outlaw planets in Star Wars. Okay. Because like there's not like a major there's not like a major galactic law hub. Right. Like there is in some of the other shows. Yeah. They don't have the reach. No. Um It's basically the Cantina. There's even a weird space bar and a weird space band. And uh I was like, okay. Kingfish. Uh, was Orm's connect to David Kane, but he doesn't seem in the mood to help these two. 
Mm-hmm. Arthur threatens to tear the place apart, and Kingfish doesn't take kindly to that threat, and his men do oh. battle with the actually uh, and brothers. Go ahead. Actually, I will argue to some degree that this is the first hint of um potential treachery on uh, uh part. Yes, yes. Where he, he says that he like, he doesn't get along with pirates, right? He's like, yeah, I'm aware. And right. Then, and then, like, like very briefly, Arthur's just like, oh crap, did I get suckered? Right. <laughs> and again, because they, they, they were already having an argument in the ship about how he's running things and how he's doing things and how he always, always thinks everything's a joke. Yeah. So this seems like at the this was the very first thing after saving Orm. It seemed like Orm would just then feed him right to a group of pirates. Yeah. Um, this and a lot of upcoming scenes are going to be the thing I miss the most. Um, yeah. Where I thought, oh man, there's actually some pretty good stuff to mine based both off the writing and the chemistry of the two actors of um, Orm and Arthur's relationship blossoming and, and, and Orm just kind of changing as a person. Yeah. I got at the end of this, I got like Tauro vibes from him. I could see that. You know, like like I want him to go and do live a life. <laughs> you know, I want him to go and just figure out figure aside from this, you know, send like, his nephews a destiny. truck. Yeah, yeah. Uh you know, it, besides like this this the heavy burden of destiny, um what else what would his life be? You know, yeah. what, what, what does he see himself doing? It's it's pretty interesting. Um, Arthur manages to get Kingfish to himself and he interrogates the mob boss until he tells him that there is rumors Manta's held up in a volcano um, Shin walks in on Manta talking to himself uh, although he's really communicating with the spirit from the trident who is doubting his efforts mm-hmm. I love the increasingly unhinged uh, Manta but I love him more through the eyes of Shin <laughs> yeah like every time he sees him, he's just doing weird shit. <laughs> that's the guy who pays his bills. And he's like, at what point am I supposed to like completely intervene in this? Because I'm like, I've been mentioning things. What's going on here? This this is gonna happen again. Cause he's gonna again try to warn him again and he's gonna get a knife to his throat. You know? I like when he catches I like when he catches him talking to himself in the mirror and he just like yeah. no like says nothing, just closes the door. Yeah. Like, don't can't you see I'm doing something? <laughs> I'm working on my monologue. And like uh, he gives him that one moment where uh he's just like guy I'm, I'm not keeping you here at all. You're free to leave. Good luck with oh, that. Hey, hey, go try yourself in that jungle. See how <laughs> see how well you fare. It's like damn. Uh Arthur and Orm head to the mouth of the devil island. Sorry, to Mouth of the Devil Island and see that all of its flora and fauna have been affected by the oracalcum in the air. I thought that mm-hmm. was interesting. I thought that was a pretty cool creative choice. Hmm. Um, they discuss. It almost reminds me of uh, what was happening. Was that mother box energy or whatever that was affecting Russia? What, what was that going on in there? It might have been. Yeah. Remember, because it like grows like a plant or something. They never do anything with it, but like, there's like a big moment there where I feel like it, it was affecting the actual uh, plant life in the area. Right. This is where, uh, like one of the moments you're talking about here where they're discussing surface food and Arthur tricks him into eating a roach. <laughs> um, and like really just gnawing down on it. And a big one. 
like a both, pretty big one. Both of uh, the people beside me just, just, just sink deeper into themselves at this scene. Oh, just I, I, how gross it is. Yes, I actually have no problem with this scene here, and I don't even have a problem with the post credit. I just wonder what kind of establishment, you know. Has <laughs> that damn I can't understand this him being one in the jungle. That thing was like the size of his palm. Yeah. That thing's just walking around in that uh you know, he puts it in the burger. A burger sized roach, bro. <laughs> uh, come on, man. That place has to have bad uh food inspection. It reminds me of something that I thought was very interesting once, uh, where mm. a guy is discussing like I, it's just like a chef guy, right? And he's discussing um uh fish based meals, and at some point you know, crabs and lobsters come up, and when you get to the discussion of like cruelty toward animal life, mm-hmm. um, he notes that generally speaking, uh, crabs and lobsters are essentially like sea bugs, and we yeah. don't give we don't give nearly that level of deference to bugs on our own land. Hundred percent. They always been calling lobsters and stuff roaches of the sea, and I think that's what doesn't he say something like this is a lobster of the earth or something like that. Oh, if he does, <laughs> he I miss that around. Line, that, that, that's a that's a decent sell. Yeah, he, he sells it as a delicacy. I want to say he says it, it's like the lobsters of the of the land, and I kind of was like, yeah, like in my head, I'm like, he's not lying. Yeah, you know? and and of course we're like, uh, uh, people eat bugs. Like that's a thing. <laughs> we draw weird lines. You know. Yeah. I'm not gonna eat him, but I'm just saying, you know. I like, can't. Whatever. I can't even. I can't even do the candy ones. No. Like when, like, like a, the worm in the or the centipede in the lollipop or whatever. No, it's the um. Uh, I remember we were at a an, an it's sugar. Yeah. And they had like the box of like chocolate covered ants, which like I know oh, is candy. Boy, I yeah. know is candy, but I can't get past the visual. That's a, oh my gosh. It, it's just I the thing that bugs me with food in general, and this is a really quick aside, is always like the method in which you've figured this out, right? Like mm-hmm. all of it, like a, a a bacon cheeseburger. How did you realize that you needed to, you know, uh, basically curd the milk from this one animal, then kill it, <laughs> right? Cook it, kill a secondary animal, so you could take. Bits of fat and fry those to put it on top of the first meat that you had already. You know what I'm saying? Like all of that kind of stuff. So explaining that, yeah, you see that thing crawling there? Yeah, we eat those. You know, just like you would pull this fruit off of the, you know, yeah. off of a tree and eat it. Um, those are living things until we like yank them off, right? Yeah. <laughs> where do we where do we draw the line? Um so boom 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 boom. Shin warns David about trusting the trident. This is like his fifth time talking to him. Yeah. Uh, and after seeing the, uh, he touched it, he saw dark visions from it, and so he's telling him, you know, he don't trust it. So David outright just threatens his life, pulls a knife on him, cuts him underneath the chin, mm-hmm. and says, "Next time he does it, he's just gonna kill him." Yeah. Um, Arthur calls Orm Loki, <laughs> and says that he will not be calling in help because Manta has made this personal. He also says if Orm was an asshole, he would still be king. And in that moment, his brother realizes that Arthur hates the job and never wanted it. What'd you think of um, Ocean Master's reaction to that review? Um, before I actually get to that, I think it's a, it's, it's sort of interesting now that I think about it, where I'm curious what Mansa thinks he needs Shin for that he didn't just kill him here. 
he needs to find well i don't know about here but later he needs to find the kingdom and he knows where it's at somehow shin knows where it's at yeah you would think he he would right like you would think the same way he knew where all those ships and stuff were yeah the, yeah, like, see, the, see, the Doctor train just stopped. I'm considering, I'm considering, like, <laughs> there's, there's got to be a reason he keeps Doctor Shin alive, but what for? When he's, he's like, like, sort of, so close to the end of his goal here. Yeah, he just likes to threaten him on occasion. You know, <laughs> like he's getting seemingly uh, advice from like a generational ghost. Yeah. <laughs> so you would think every every piece of information that he would need would be there, um, but yeah. They're also talking a lot about the power suit. Were they saying a lot about the power suit in the first Aquaman? Uh, um, I mean, they don't say much about the power suit in the first one, but you 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 get a yeah. lot of of Kane working on it and it getting broken and him get, needing another one. Right, right. Um, I mean, he got the shit beat out of him in that first one. Yes, he did. Split right down the middle. I thought it was a bit of an embarrassing death with the with the cinder block. Like that felt like a like a jetpack malfunctioning kind of you know like <laughs> your like, Boba oh, Fett death. Yeah, and he, I, they kind of do it to him later on too. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, what's going on here? Um, but yeah, they. Oh yeah, back to the uh, the Arthur and the throne. What do you think of? Uh, so Orm? that was very interesting, and that and that's another one of those things where I think it's um. You get those little differences between uh not only do you get those little differences between them and Thor and Loki, which is like um where they both coveted the throne, but like Arthur's like I wanted nothing to do with it. Yeah. Um but also I think it's I think it's an interesting thing I don't about want how it. <laughs> I think it's an interesting dynamic about how it is revealed here that Orm's father had told him all sorts of tales about who Aquaman was. To usurper. Yeah. <laughs> he was, he was, he literally said something along the lines of like, I waited every day. I was told like you were going to come any minute. Yeah. <laughs> like you were going to come any minute to try to take my throne from me. That that's, that was, that was just faded. I waited for you every day kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah. Yeesh. So like like he he's got an idea in his head of who Arthur has been for years because of his father, yeah. Which is just like, okay, how many other lies has your father told you, dude? Right, right. Um, that's why there's a vulnerability to Orm in this film, where in the first one he felt like he knew it all because he did know it all. It, he was yeah. not the fish out of water in that one; it was right. the other way around. Um, in this one, he doesn't. Even though he's a fish out of water, he doesn't let his majesty come in front of it. Like he's yeah. still curious, he's still open-minded. That's why he eats the roach, right? Because he he's trusting, uh, you know, that he doesn't know everything about this situation, but Arthur does. Yeah. Um. They, you, like I said, we definitely got a couple more shades of Orm in this. And maybe uh, being locked up has like led to a certain. And level of humidity about who he is and, and who is where his place is in the world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think dehydration has to have negative effects on the brain. <laughs> I would, and and, I and, and more than a few ways. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, they infiltrate Manta's volcano compound, 
but are exploded by his crew. That's the most descriptive way I can. <laughs> they literally just get blown up. Um, I thought Shin was dead. I was like, oh, because Shin's like trying to, at least at this point, um, he was trying to get go with the Atlanteans because he was he didn't want to be around Kane anymore. Mm. Um, so where did I just okay? Um, a big fight breaks out with Mantis crew and their octopus machines and the two brothers. So this is I rolled my eyes a little bit here because all we had been talking about before this fight is that where they're at, the stuff that's around them, the stuff that's literally in every corner of where they're at is extremely volatile, but they're smashing around these big octopus <laughs> machines trying to kill <laughs> these two seemingly impervious men who just keep knocking into things and, and, and stuff. Um, but Orm shows some kind of quick fancy footwork. He's able to show how useful he could be on the good side, so I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Orm underestimates Manta and is knocked out for it. Manta takes down Arthur and throws his triton at Orm. Uh, he misses, but Orm grabs it and sees a vision, but is eventually end up fried by Manta's uh, ray. Mm. Very powerful in this film. What do you think of Manta's new look? Basically, the OG comic look. Black wetsuit, big old silver head. Um, you know, it, it, it didn't really come off as, like, different to me. I was just like, okay, the, the, the suit's a bit more streamlined now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that totally makes sense. He's, he, it's like he's... It's like, um... It's sort of like... How's the best I put it? A little bit of the flash, a little bit of green arrow, like we've perfected the actual outfit over trial and error. Yeah. I would say I had an adverse reaction to seeing the old one. Did you? I was like, that's kind of, that's clunkier than I remember it being. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I guess it's because I've seen all the promotional material of him in this. Okay. But then when I saw it again, I was like, oh, that's very, um, uh, John Henry Irons. <laughs> you know, it's right. very. <laughs> right. But I think it also sort of like yeah. represents, not represents, but uh, resembles the, the general pirate gear him and his father and all those guys had been wearing earlier in that film. Yeah. Almost um, militia-esque, military-inspired. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, he's just wearing a skin tight suit. He's got little fins on the side. And uh, I have the movie on next to me, and I'm actually at the the scene with him and Neris, and it's like, uh, when he mentions the Seven Kingdoms, it's it's Zebel who's still there uh-huh. because you have Nearest. Um, the Brine, which he which he attacks. The fisherman we meet in this movie. No, we met the fisherman in that movie, right? The first movie, no? The, uh, aren't the fishermen the desert guys? No, those are the jailers of okay. the fishermen. That's like the fishermen. The, That's what oh. I'm saying. It's not even. It's not even. It's not even connected. That's like they're the jailers confusing. of the. Yeah, and they just drop the lore that they are people that have drinking blood or something like that. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what? Because he keeps fisherman... talking about the, the the treaty with the fisherman. What's his name plays the fisherman king? Um, Damon Hansu. Okay. Uh, is he, he, a, is he a voice or does he appear? Uh, no, I, I want to say I want to say it's a complete CGI character. Okay. But, uh, very similar to Kingfish, right? Um, 
but he yeah i'm looking at a picture of it now it's basically a a complete cgi character he's the one i think when they have arthur chained i don't know that's orm isn't it yeah he's in some sort of big fancy royalty outfit. and then it's he like, has like a fin and then it's like the deserters the trench had not yet fallen the lost nation had not yet vanished the lost okay so they already had the idea of this lost thing they should have went back to the trench i thought the trench was super cool i could see why yeah although i guess it's it's i guess it's it's harder to put a uh even though a lot of this is manta anyway maybe it's harder to put a character on a bunch of monsters <laughs> monster fish i you know what i gave this film credit i'm taking the credit away okay here i go here it goes here it goes we were so I close take, yeah i'm i'm taking a point off for them not committing to Manta as the big bad twice now. I, I get that. I, I get the first one. Um, yeah. and, and because I think it's, I think I read that James Wan said he had a specific plan to set up Manta in the first one for the second one. Right. Um, yes, I agree. I was a little deflated when it's, when it was, um, possessed Manta. Yeah. <laughs> um that said, like it's not it's not as bad as say he's not being driven to do something he doesn't want. He is simply being um enhanced by his his own. Yeah, he's not like, a patsy. I don't I wouldn't yeah. say, you know. Um because he he still believes he's getting what he wants. Yeah. It just so happens that it's what the other guy wants too. Um, yeah. And his blood feud, he's ready to destroy the world for it, apparently. Yeah. So, you know, that's that just shows you how laser focused he is in that instance. So in in saying that, none of it's gonna make sense because you imagine being that laser focused. Um, yeah. what did you think about the and I, I chalked this up to there being so much distance between the two films. What do you think about the use of flashbacks in this film? Um, I was fine with it. I I think it got. I think it happened a little too much toward the end. Yeah, but at first I was fine with it. Um, I oh, I when you started talk, talking to Orm when he started to talk, and you yeah. got basically the little the little like mini movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, I think a lot of the particular flashbacks, specifically just to the first movie, were. Mostly okay. I guess, yeah, I guess when we think about the five-year difference, there is a lot of like, well, do you remember this line? Okay, maybe you don't. I get it. Um, because they're, at least to it, at least at the, at the climax of the, the Black Trident thing, there are previous overtures that they think are important to the development of, of Orm and Arthur's relationship. So I yeah. get harkening. I get harkening back to that, but they did use it a lot previous to that. So it right. feels like we did a lot of it. And can someone just tell the story of Atlan, like all of us, like all of it, please? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's some other chapters that are going to come back to haunt us because you, you guys keep just telling us like parts of the story. Um, are you just waiting for somebody to show up and just be like, yo, Atlan was a piece of shit. Yeah. Now <laughs> uh, like, I understand. I At also, least it Odin we kind of knew from the beginning. I also just remembered, like the whole first movie was about getting a trident, right? Um, 
I wouldn't his say mother's... the whole first movie, but like it be, but uh, getting the mother's trend does become a plot point. Are those like? Because he has his mother, he has his mother, <laughs> he has his mother's trident in the beginning, and I think it's just something he's always had, right? And Orm, and had I think his that's own, the one right? he trained with Volko. Yeah, I believe Orm had his own at the or, time. Orm had his father's, and he had never, it had never known defeat. <laughs> uh, yeah, then he, yeah, then he got his ass. <laughs> I'm still blame Julie Andrews though. Oh uh, well, yeah. I get. We still don't know where the suit came from. Do you think you can fish with a trident? Fish with a trident? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if someone just left you on an island and gave you a trident, do you think you could survive? In uh, hunt with that if, big if you're if you're clever enough to be able to just like stand over the fish and be able to know when to just skewer stand. down. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, it's got to be harder than it looks. Um. Atlantis shows up and destroys Manta's compound, but Manta gets away. Everyone's pissed at Orm just for like existing because they were like, oh, <laughs> you're an asshole. Uh, yeah. But Arthur says he trusts him. Orm says he saw a vision in the Trident and knows what Manta's doing. <clears throat> During King Atlan's time, Kordax, who this was, also happened brother, several was times. the ruler of Necris. <laughs> Necris Grew by exploiting Orakalcum. Island pleaded with his younger brother to stop using Orakalcum before the world was destroyed, but in his deranged madness, Kordax thought Atlan was trying to seal the power of Necris. So Kordax created the Black Trident with dark magic and transformed the people of Necris and himself into monsters. The brothers went to war, but Kordax was defeated when King by King Atlan and imprisoned him and all of Necris with ice in a with a curse that requires Atlan's blood to break it. Basically, what we've <laughs> learned is that um, <laughs> Atlantis has its own Blackest Night. Story. Right. Uh, right. As a, uh, when he said, when they said Necros, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> and also, like, I thought it was a bit heavy-handed for Orm to... Not not that he's expositing this stuff, because it, it's just... M- movies, movies got a movie, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, he doesn't get any of the... He doesn't get any of the similarities. He's like, you don't get it, bro. It's so weird. These two brothers are like at war because like one didn't trust the other one <laughs> this entire time. He was like corrupted by darkness. It's like, yeah, that sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> it really sucks when you don't trust your brother <laughs> and you guys want to fight over it. Doesn't sound familiar at all. Not at all. Not at all. Um, so possessed by the very trident of a Cordax, Manta tried to overheat the world, mm-hmm. but now is just going to use the royal blood to free Kordax and his people once and for all. Um, using the power, I think that that's another thing, right? They're like, oh, we, we, you know, we'll just do, we'll just, what does he say? Like, why don't we just keep them frozen, whatever? And somebody's like, don't you get it? This is blood magic. And I'm like, no, I don't get it. Like, somebody, somebody explain this to me. I don't know. I didn't know any of this stuff 10 minutes ago. I want to say it's uh, Nicole Kimmon who says it. So like, don't you get it, you fool? I don't know what blood magic is. Yeah, I didn't even know. How did we get here? Uh, so, blood magic. Uh, using the power of deduction, they realize that they must be after Aqua Baby. Boom, yeah. boom, boom. And indeed he is. 
He stabs Jamal Morrison, and I go, yes, because this is what happens <laughs> in the comics. You kill my dad, I kill your dad. Yeah. He goes, I'm going to leave you alive <laughs> just so you can watch me do this. And I go, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> DK, that's what they're going to be your undoing, bro. You don't finish the job. Half that's measures. Your undoing. Yeah, you like. Matter of fact, this we'll just chalk all of this up to possession, which we'll also chalk up the shin stuff that we were talking about before with Manta. Okay. Possession. But if you. If your goal is to take everything from Aquaman, right? Mm -hmm. And someone tells you that they'll give you the weaponry to hurt him. And somewhere in this exchange, you find yourself in his home with his child and his father. Two really close means of hurting him. Right there, right there. Yeah. (laughs) Dead center. But you're still focused on helping the guy so he can help you hurt him. I think you've yeah. lost it. You've lost, you've lost the plot. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Like, like this, this, this seemed like the the really, really bad zero hour. Yeah, like this yeah. could have gone into a very dark direction. Yeah, it pretty safe. Like he put the baby in a blanket. Like you know, like <laughs> he made sure Tamar Morrison was still alive. Like he's doing pretty well for somebody who has a blood feud uh, for all this. And I, th- I think that's just one of those things where it's just like, it gets to be a super dark moment in the comic books, but like, they're like, it's a movie. Just let them have their hero moment. <laughs> yes, and I don't think Infant Side is on the table for these films. You I know, don't think so. Got, the closest we got were imaginary Wanda kids blipping out of existence, and they did that on TV. They right. didn't even do that in the movies. Like, imagine if you would have spent some time with those kids. Uh, and, and, and even then, they make a point to remind you they're not real. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Then you hear their voices at the end, and then you see them again. You know, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, they uh, they just miss Manta. He basically destroys the house, and um, they use some of their special fishermen high-tech uh, medical stuff on The Mandalorian while uh, they discuss what they're going to do. Um, where did I just go with there? Shin manages to transmit Manta's location to Atlantis in hopes of stopping this madman. So mm-hmm. Ocean Master and Aquaman head out with King Neris and I'm surprised nobody King. picked up that transmission. It's somebody else randomly, right? Yeah. Um, I also think like is Manta a tech guy in these films? Enough to have un- helmet, I right? was say <laughs> en- en- enough to have reverse engineered a bunch of water tech he doesn't understand. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. From the Atlanteans, I was because I was thinking to myself now, like he's kind of sitting back for a lot of this and making like the smarter people do stuff, but he is pretty smart to my knowledge. I also wonder how he who signs up for this crew, right? I don't know. I know the the, <laughs> the main evil lady appears to be a comic book character. She is credited as Stingray. Yes. <laughs> um, but like I, I, I just thought you were knew say she was they... in the first film. Oh no! I don't. I don't. Is she? No, I don't think so. That's what I'm saying. Like he, he yeah. had a deep crew. He had a a crew crew. Yeah, because like um, I thought it was interesting just how much focus was on her, and I'm just like, okay, I think she's a character that I just don't know. Right. 
Um, they used the power of whales to destroy Mantis' sonic emitters. So that was that was cute. Um, <laughs> they are all attacked and have to do battle with Corvix, Corvax, Cordax. Cordax? Cordax? Yeah, Cordax. Cordax's uh, defrosting army. And Orm gets a heroic moment where he saves King Neris' life, earning his trust. Shin finally uh-huh. betrays Manta by switching the baby out with a bomb. Uh, but he is stabbed in the back with Manta's arm harpoon for his measure. Always like the uh, arm harpoon. I think, I think that's a pretty sweet little gadget he's got there. Oh, uh, it works later. wonders in Injustice, too. Yeah, yeah it does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, later. Manta's kind of a badass in that game all around, actually. I kind of want him to be more of a badass here. I mean, I guess that ship has sailed, but, you know, right. I, I like his malice in this. I like his take no prisoners kind of attitude in this. Um, but, like, he is, in a lot of ways, Arthur's biggest nemesis, and he has no powers. Like, that should be, you know, we should raise the stock a little higher. Um, in Necris, Arthur fights David to stop him from injuring Arthur Jr. Although Arthur is almost killed before Mira arrives, she's manages to save her husband. David throws a black triton at Mira as she was talking, mm-hmm. uh, taking her son to safely, but Orm catches it before it strikes her. So the spirit leaves uh, him and goes to Orm. As I'm saying, once once Manta's done with this spirit, he kind of <laughs> that gets that was all we all went. Oh defeated. no! Yeah, he kind of gets handily <laughs> defeated uh, by Arthur. Um, I get that. Yeah. Like, He's kind of like a second thought in that moment. Um, and then, yeah, Orm is, that starts to go full Loki. Uh, green <laughs> green, and everything. He's going for the... He's, uh, he's about to come... Um, he was about to come Majin Norm. Yeah. Kordax is basically Majin seducing Orm. Orm. Majin Orm. Uh, Kordax yeah. is seducing Orm with the idea of, you know, finally taking the throne, freeing him. Um, what, the one line he says that it's simultaneously heartbreaking and puts you in a whole nother headspace when it comes to Orm is that when Kordak takes over Orm's body, he goes, this one hates you more than the other one. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, damn, you didn't even kill his dad. Uh, <laughs> so um, the spirit of Kordak leaves David for Orm, who proceeds to fight Arthur and uses his blood to reverse Atlan's magic, freeing Kordak's. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also like, doesn't Orm have the blood too? Um, yes. <laughs> so why yeah, he had to I fight Arthur that, to get the blood? I think I think the point was that yeah, uh, Orm. The point was that uh, Orm Orm initially thinks it's only the two of them, and that's when um, Aqua Baby. That yeah, that's when Arthur figures out no, he's going for the kid. Right, but that's why I'm wondering now that he has this trident, why he doesn't just prick his finger and walk over to <laughs> walk over to the. I guess you need a certain. No, you don't even need a lot of blood, right? It's not it's like he just, fucking oh, yeah. poured. It's not like he poured. <laughs> Arthur's well, listen, listen, George. If he was a smarter man, he wouldn't have been in this position to begin with. This is very true. Stop grabbing <laughs> the trident. <laughs> like, stop. <laughs> uh, with uh, oh, sorry. I, I mean, um, I also, I also mean that for Cordax. If he was a smarter man, he wouldn't have been trapped here. <laughs> speaking of which, 
he gets freed, and I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, this movie feels over. <laughs> like this movie feels, it feels like the movie is done with itself. Yeah. So this has to end, kind of. Like I didn't expect a big third act because I felt like we had three third acts, you know, like three yeah, I, very I, big set set piece fights. So I'm like, this is, it's weird that they're going to Orm for this, but I, you know, like, this is gonna no. be one of those um uh beautiful lie moments in <laughs> Wonder Woman. Like it's not to me. I didn't see a big fight coming. Watching it, I thought to myself, I, I was thinking to myself, like, yeah, not only is this movie gone for a while, but um, I'm like the way they've built up. The Necron or Necros? <laughs> Cordax. <laughs> he lives in Necris. Okay, Necris. Yeah, the way they yeah. sort of built up the Necris problem was like, oh. okay, this, this, this is too big. Yeah, this is too I'm big for them, bro. <laughs> this whole thing is a bit too big for them to be able to do anything with anytime soon which means that would have they, they, like we'd need a whole other half hour to this film right and i right. know that's not happening so like okay this and, is gonna... and even though it's all of this is legend everyone else all the other atlanteans just seem seeming pretty nonplussed about it yeah <laughs> right like, like imagine if you were like hey i need your help and i'm like okay and you're like we're going to oz like the place oz <laughs> and i'm like what <laughs> you know like they get this is a lost kingdom none of this i require backstory sir yeah, none of this is supposed to exist, but they're all there. They see, right. they're seeing the actual zombie people. They see, you know, uh, the um, Cor Cordax. Damn, I, I think he's gonna die soon, so I won't have to say his name much uh, anymore. Mm. Um, Arthur's like, bro, don't hate me. And Orm's like, yeah, you're, yeah, you're pretty okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and <laughs> and then um, because. And then because um, Peacemaker made the joke about fucking fish with Aquaman. Yeah. Aquaman kills Kordax the way Peacemaker almost dies in Suicide Squad. He uses a smaller bullet to shoot through the other bullet and, and kill the person on the other end of it. You, you'll, you'll appreciate where my brain went where this happened, where mm -hmm. as, it's, as it's ripping through the other trident... Mm -hmm. My head just goes barbecue sauce. <laughs> I like that. I also thought, oh, I also thought it should have praise me to Ted Lasso. Yeah, barbecue sauce. I barbecue sauce. Yeah. What if it would have just did like it, the, like the Thor hammer and just just been in pieces and still right? This thing was in half. It, I, weird fish magic. I, I I can't say I understand it. But it does um, exist. You do also get a uh, a nice. Mo you get to have a nice moment, I guess. Of um, I guess you'd say redemption, at least on a small level. Between um, like Neris is giving Orm shit this entire film. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, where he he won't trust him with a gun, and instead he gives him this tiny little axe. Yeah, and yep. that's the one big moment of like potential arm treachery you get. Uh, Daris is about to get ripped down by this like sea beast. Yeah, and they have this great shot of Orm's like conniving bitch face as he watches Daris yeah. struggle, and he just go, he just disappears. Cause it's it's in that moment, it's a case of like, 
I don't have to do something to be devious. Actually, the devious act is doing nothing. Yeah. You know? And I could can just I be let blamed this for man that? die. Yeah, can <laughs> I be blamed for that? Can I be blamed for doing that? Like, I was already coming up. I didn't see him. Yada, yada, yada. Um, so, yeah. Oh, I forgot. His and then, of course, he comes by and makes the save. And then Neris gives him a gun. He's like, okay, I trust you now. Yeah, then uh, Draco, uh, Ivan Drago gives him a Drago. gun. Yeah. Uh, his mother's name is Atlanta. Right. Yes. Not Atlanta. Atlanta. No, Atlanta. Atlanta. There you go. I was Atlanta. trying to. I was doing it for, for my own self. Like I was trying to <laughs> separate those two things so I could say it right. <laughs> um, what do you think of Cordax's death? Uh, uh, like I said, it's about what I. It's about what I surmised in that moment. I'm like, there's no, there's no way we're gonna have a giant uh battle with this water celestial so this has got to happen right now yeah um cool shot i'll say that uh, this also i'm just now realizing there's a lot of black adam in this too or maybe black adam just stole a lot of from <laughs> from this how do you uh, how do you mean they had the, they end up getting the undead army remember because in my head i'm thinking now right kordax uh, dies and they follow yeah. the comic book rule of if you kill the one bad guy, everyone else is gone. Ah, right? yes, like yes, all the yes. army, the army is completely gone, and that's what yeah. happened in Black Adam, um, where they were fighting like a zombie horde of whatever. It happens in Shazam, uh, where they have like they're fighting weird things as well. I can't even remember, just like monsters. I want to say, um, so yeah. Uh, Necros starts to collapse because Kordak's magic magic is gone. David refuses Arthur's help and allows himself to fall. Uh, says to his death. I don't think he's dead. But then again, they're all dead it now. It doesn't matter, right? <laughs> like it literally, like there's li- we're never coming back. <laughs> they but, they are you... they are functionally all dead now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. Then that then the meteor hit. That's how this movie should have ended. It just ended like with some triumphant music, and then you just see a meteor in the background, and it just cuts to black. Um, so the Atlanteans and Shin escape to safety, and Arthur and Mira decide to let Orm go and tell the rest of Atlantis that he died on the condition that he remains hidden. Mm-hmm. Uh, believing the unification of the Water Kingdoms and the surface world is necessary, Arthur reveals Atlantis's existence through an announcement at the United Nations. He simultaneously takes the endings of <laughs> Iron Man and Black Panther in this moment mm. uh, by doing the United Nations. We we're we're here and we 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 come in peace. And the I am, yeah, Aquaman. Uh, and in the post, I'm trying scene, to remember what movie I saw recently where they did the gimmick where it's like, oh man, it's too bad that guy died back there. Shame. He didn't make oh, it. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, what and then they, the person take and the person takes a hot minute before they realize what's going on. <laughs> like, yeah, like, huh? <laughs> hmm. I feel like I've seen that plot used recently. <laughs> that hot angle. I don't even know how to even start looking at it. <laughs> uh, it feels recent. But I'm not sure. Somebody comic bookie. 
I think so. Some somebody who's like bad guy or or uh, persona non grata, like you know, helped and then like, oh no, he mysteriously died somewhere in this past in this battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, that's gonna be. It's gonna, gonna bother you in the in the whole head. Uh, uh, yeah, now I just have a bunch of weird uh, videos of things that say it's a shame. <laughs> ah. I like I like it. Um, I like that. Again, I don't in a world where this continues. I don't think that that I think that that bites him in the ass somehow, yeah. some way, right? Maybe with the Fisherman Kingdom or whatever. Um, but you know he. Orm did a lot of good, so they let him be where he, you know, let him live his life. And in a post-credit, Orm puts a roach in his burger. And <laughs> chows down. And, uh, and uh, almost feels at home, finally, because it was the first thing he ever ate on the surface world. Yeah. So I want to believe that he's going to come up with like, his own but cookbook. You people have like, terrible names for your meals. <laughs> yes, he's going to have a, his own cookbook where he's putting various bugs <laughs> in, inside shit. Um, the crustacean diet, but yeah, this did, they didn't even give this film a uh, red carpet premiere. No, not at all. Um, they said it, it is the 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 driest promotion I've ever seen for a sequel to a movie that made a billion dollars. It's the driest thing, and the whole movie, majority of the movie, takes place on the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I'm gonna look for one. So right now it's uh, it's already made half its money back. Mm-hmm. Um, it was budgeted for two hundred and five to two hundred fifty million. It's has a box office of one hundred and twenty million. Um, I don't see see this hitting the heights that the other one did. Not at all. But it is a holiday weekend. Maybe people will be super into um, going to see Aquaman this weekend. Maybe we shall see. Um. One more thing I wanted to check. But yeah, yeah I, I don't think the, I doubt the numbers will be anywhere close. Oh no, no, no! I was um, I was trying to figure out why exactly Willem Dafoe couldn't. Oh, uh, I think it was a scheduling issue. Uh, yeah. Um. What? Hmm. <laughs> uh, apparently, okay. It says that this is Nicole Kimmons' first movie sequel, where she was in both the first and the second. She's not in any <laughs> of the other Batman movies, is she? No. Okay. I don't think many of the films she does get sequels. No, I don't think they do. That is interesting. Um, but yeah, I think that's, I think that's it. You know, this thing came in with a bang, the DCEU, uh, now just like a wave, it's returning back to its form. And I guess the next time we see it, it'll be way different. Momoa's been saying over and over again that he's not playing Lobo or he wishes he was. Do you believe him? Do you think he's no trying to not one bit? No, I believe him as much as I believe uh, Andrew Garfield. There was footage of him like very excitedly leaving Warner Brothers with some piece of paper in his hand. Yeah, Super, and I, I don't think it had anything to do with this. <laughs> and, and like he he's made, I think he's made the comment before that like like 
there there were some there were some deals being made and 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 that if anybody knows him they know exactly why he's very excited about it <laughs> yeah yeah like i said i saw him play koi on a talk show where they were like so aquaman 3 is that in the works does that happen if this does good and he's like uh no i think we're done telling this story as it is but um if i know anything there's still gonna be room for me at dc I was like, yeah, that's that's all the right political things to say. Yeah, <laughs> you're telling the truth. You are telling the truth. Um, but yeah, although we don't know where we'll be seeing Jason Momoa next, you know where you'll be seeing us next, and that's uh, part of the Major Issues Podcast each yeah, and yeah. every week. We're dropping episodes on Thursday now. After episode 300, it's been a cool little shift to the schedule. It gives us some more time, some more breather to take on some of this stuff here. Uh, the year is especially ending. for movies where like the the, the the release dates get a little tight. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah, and then you got yeah, because I I'm used to seeing everything the day of, and that's a lot to ask of everybody, even even our audience on occasion, you know. So giving them time to yeah. go out there and and check it out and be able to talk about this stuff has been great. Um, I was a we'll, Thursday night premiere guy for a few years there until I got I got uh, back on the overnight shift. Right, right. Uh, and yeah, it can be rough to try to chase that. And then you got to pin down times in the, your normal day, you know? Yeah. Um, so next, next yeah. week's a big episode. And next week is best and worst, right? Uh, for what I can see, it looks like year in review. Year in review. Yeah, best and worst. Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep, yep, yep. I, I, oh, sorry. I, 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 put, thought, I put I year of, in review, but it was. I, I, I thought of which was worse for some reason. Oh, no, 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 uh, uh, yeah, we're doing best and worst. Um, I, it, it's really, this year's kind of been a bit of a fog for me when it comes to comic book media. I re- like, even when I left seeing Aquaman 2, I had to remind myself, I saw three other DC movies this year. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of the most in, in history of that franchise, <laughs> you know? And I was like, oh, wow, yeah, Shazam was this year. All, all that kind of stuff. So it'll be fun to talk about the best and worst. Shazam, uh, Flash, Aquaman, and... Blue Beetle. Yes. <laughs> Keep forgetting. A boy, Jaime. I've seen three out of four of those. But that's uh, because Blue Beetle, Beetle is, might actually be my favorite. Beetle, Beetle is the Aquaman, right? He's of two worlds. Yeah. <laughs> he, like, he came out now around the time of the DCEU, but he is in James Gunn's DC. Oh, my God. Jaime is Miles. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. The, the last the last remnant of a dying of a dying world oh uh, um but he, yeah he he gave he, he gave that molecule man a hamburger yeah yeah he's had it for way too long and he gets to uh, survive he gets to survive the destruction of his universe he gave james gunn a hamburger yes he a did belly burger <laughs> there you go it's like you get to live you and your <laughs> family like you. and friends and co-stars you uh, yeah you're gonna be so good, and yeah, I think they just showed a picture of Batista saying he got some script for something. So people are saying it might be something James Gunny. So we'll see. Uh, you know, they go way back from Guardians. Yeah, um, but yeah, I we're think constantly... at this point he's just willing to work with James Gunn on whatever he wants. Yeah, he's worked with some pretty pro- prolific directors uh, lately and writers and stuff like that. Uh, Dave, he's in, he was in Dune, he was in James Bond. You know, he's been uh, a, a player in some of these bigger universes. So. I could see him wanting to jump in on this. When he picked Drax, it was because he had nothing else. Like, really, you know, he wasn't, people weren't knocking on his door for that. Um, yeah. But, but now he is um, 
an actor that WWE famously flubbed him. Yeah, I can't believe that's that's one of those. We don't even know if that movie's gonna make any money. What a year for him. That's one of the weirdest <laughs> years for him in his life to go through what he went through in Guardians, but also simultaneously go through what he went through in WWE. He was like yeah. hated, hated. No one wanted him around. What are you doing here? You're in the middle of all our Daniel Bryan stuff. Get out of here. And meanwhile, he's breaking records. He's on red carpets, you know, having a blast getting his name out there. It goes, goes to show you how uh, some of these worlds may not be as big as uh, we may think that they are. Yeah. But. But we'll always be talking on this side about this world, everything that's going on here, the latest and greatest things to come to comic book, comic book media as part of comicbookclick.com. Like I said, next week is the last episode of the year. Does it even come out? Uh, no, it doesn't. It comes yeah. out. This is the last episode of this year. The next episode <laughs> will come out. Uh, it'll be the first episode of next year. So we'll be yes. reviewing. We will definitely be reviewing 2023 with it in our. Uh, I do want to ask you one more thing before we fully sign off. Yeah. Um, because I know how you've always felt about the movie, not in a vacuum, but in the uh, in 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 the in the respect of how it frames the universe. Uh huh. Do you still feel the the negative effects of Man of Steel in this film? Not this one in particular. I think that somewhere along Wonder Woman and Shazam, we were really going through an uptick of of humor, of heart. Um, okay. That I that I think that they were going to see through. I, I so really so basically the whole Snyder overcorrection almost. Yeah, I had hopes that um the second Man of Steel would be like that would be the perfect amount, you know? Yeah. Like we would have gotten exactly where we needed to go with that. Um, and then it just ultimately didn't end up happening. And it, 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 to me, it just feels like lost time. Well, I yeah. don't feel the effects of it here. The reason why I'm mad at this film is it felt like it should have came out earlier in, or like it could have beaten so many of the stuff Marvel did before it even got there. If sure. we would have had confidence in this character, in this story, etc. And now for no fault of its own, I can't help but be like, I see. I've seen this. You know, I've seen that. Similar to the Blue Beetle of it all. Yeah. Um, so it goes to I show. You know, it, that first step in in the franchise world, it it's got to be something. You got to know what you got to know what you're doing, man. You can either yeah. do Iron Man or you can do the Mummy, right? I I, I think <laughs> I think now we're in a fun position where I think we are a year and a half away, which could 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 technically feel long, but maybe not that long. Mm-hmm. Um, a year and a half away from once again launching a DC cinematic universe <laughs> with the Superman. Yeah. And at the end of Superman Legacy, it will be very interesting to talk about another beginning with the boy in blue <laughs> and how it yeah. and how it may shape the the universe to come. Oh, uh, uh, all all over again, and I'll never get tired of that conversation. And I, what I truly can't wait is for like when episode six hundred of this podcast comes out, and we're talking about they're doing it, they're bringing Cavill <laughs> in, you know, he's putting the suit back on, they're referencing the old universe, you know, just Cal- like Cavill, Cavill would be circle. Cavill would be Kingdom Come Superman. Uh, yeah, but just like how you know we're we're doing. You know, everything in Marvel right now is a love letter to Marvel. Everything in the MCU right now is a love letter to Marvel as a whole. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, they'll be doing that as well. And I can totally see Gunn, you know. 
that, that's what I mean. Like Cavill would be coming good. back, and he'd have they they'd bring him back with the with the whites on the side of his head and the yeah, black logo. Yeah. yeah. Then then Wonder Woman could actually wear her chicken suit. Oh my <laughs> it god! Makes, it makes actually makes sense. Um, but yeah, man, just follow us wherever uh, we are and we're everywhere. Uh, you can look at uh, look us up at facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, or you can use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We're at major issues CBC on Twitter, or also at major issues CBC on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we are at patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse for as little as. 10 cents a day, $3 a month. You can help us keep our lights on here and afford the hardware and the software that we need to keep providing you guys with uh, some stuff free of charge. Before the year's out, uh, the first episode of our new video series will be coming out. So that's super exciting. Uh, but this stuff takes work, it takes time, and sometimes it costs money. So uh, consider helping us buy a piece of merchandise from our um, T Public store. You can get that by going to comicbookclick.com. You can uh, tell a friend to tell a friend about our podcast, which helps us grow our numbers. Um, by the end of this year, we would have doubled our numbers on Facebook, which is a huge accomplishment. It took us forever to get to around 9,000 followers last year, starting from, uh, I want to say maybe three, four. Uh, okay. And now we are rounding out 18,000. We're like hey. 17, we're like 17, nine something. Nice. Um, yeah. So we're right there. Um, so yeah, you guys keep elevating us you guys keep helping us you guys keep uh you know telling a friend to tell a friend just grow the click and we will keep rising to the occasion and keep providing you guys with this content that we love to do um this has been a gift from from us but this is also a gift you guys give us by allowing us to have these conversations um and these are conversations that are saved you know they're saved on the interwebs these conversations i get to have with my friends even when a movie doesn't necessarily wow me i still get to have this and that's you know the best part of all this in my opinion so uh thank you guys for all the support that you guys give us follow us wherever uh you guys want to follow us uh do you want to plug dsr yeah check out uh us on dirt sheet radio me and other um major issues alumni jonathan escudero aka yogi as we discuss all things uh professional wrestling and professional wrestling related we've also got uh um, some long stuff lined up because we will also be doing uh Radio Kingdom, which is hmm? no, I was gonna say, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> Radio Kingdom will be me and Jonathan Escadero staying up late at night to watch Wrestle Kingdom Wrestle live, Kingdom, uh... uh, mostly probably just to keep each other awake. <laughs> that is interesting. I thought you guys were doing like a King's Road thing. No, uh, much as John would love to do that, there is not <laughs> there is not the bandwidth space in our lives to fit right. that commitment in. Right. And you guys can see we, we're all across the board just happy to talk about these things that we love and bring this kind of conversation to you guys. So, yeah, go over. I'll put a link uh, to Dirt Sheet Radio's link tree in the show notes. Uh, like I did last week, go over and check out everything that they're doing. We got the Royal Rumble coming up. We got Wrestle Kingdom coming up. World's End next weekend. Check out all that stuff. They got post show uh, live discussions. Um, and then they got a podcast that drops each and every week. Um, I know some of the guys over there, they're pretty cool. So go ahead and check that out. 
But I think that's all I've got for this last episode of the Major Issues Podcast in 2023. So, my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. I'm Gregory Thomas, a.k.a. GT Rebirth. And this has been our Aquaman 2, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, recap and review. And remember, whether you're the king of the ocean, a filthy surface dweller, a DCU lover, or a DCU hater, mm -hmm. uh, you guys are always part of the click. Merry Clickmas. And always remember that you, yes, you are worthy.